Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Auburn Express. What's up in War Eagle, War Report family? It's your guy, Ike Jones. We are here, another morning drop. We're in the midst of the portal season. Auburn still seems to be focused on the trenches. The question is, does Auburn really need more offensive linemen? Let's talk about it right here on the other side. Y'all know how we do War Report style. Let's drop it on them. Now, now listening, listening to, to the War Report. Yes, indeed. It is April 18th, a Tuesday. We are here. Morning Drop style. You got Ike Jones, Mike G in here. The Morning Drop sponsored by RogueShop.com. Mike G, how you feeling this morning, baby? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Listen, portal is open. Yeah. It is open. And Auburn is on the hunt, man. I'm, I'm excited to see what these guys are actually going to do here. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens during portal season. Haven't had a lot of guys leave yet, and I say yet because I do anticipate it's going to happen at some point in time, but we have seen Auburn have some interest in some people. Conversation this morning is about offensive lines. So Jaden Muskrat and Emmanuel Pregnon, I believe is how you pronounce the young man's last name, both have already been given offers out of the transfer portal from Coach Hugh Freeze and staff. Thoughts on that, Mike G? Two offensive uh, linemen. Uh, okay, so remember, they went out and got nine in the portal. They got, <laughs> uh, well, between oh, nine, nine uh, yeah. together. Yeah. yeah, all together, right? They went out and got nine all together. That's a lot of offensive linemen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now they're saying, we need, I think this is a signal that they're not where they want to be at too deep on offensive line. Mm. Hugh Freeze is continuing to go after talent at that position, and uh, he's going to keep going after talent because he thinks you could come in and help us now. You have a spot on the team. I, you know, these two young men, I kind of look at, you know, some of their numbers. I mean, listen, they could add something to this team. They could definitely add something to this team. Uh, uh, Still going to have to come in and compete. Uh, They're behind the eight ball in terms of systems and blocking scheme, right? Uh, coming in after the spring, if they do come in, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I'm a little. I'm. I, there's a part of me that's a little surprised that after bringing in so many linemen, you know, and saying, "Hey, Connor Lou is somebody who's going to help us." Mm-hmm. You know, we really like Tate Johnson. You know, you know, calling his standouts. They're, they're going after more old linemen, but like, hey, listen, if you can stack the deck, stack the deck is what I think. 
All right. Nothing wrong with bringing in more talent if you have the scholarships available. Right. So, um, you know, do it. Do it. And, and hopefully, if you have an injury, you got a guy who can step in and perform at a high level. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a numbers game, right? They just want to have a certain number of offensive linemen, I guess, on scholarship. I think right now we're something like 15 or 16 um actually maybe 14 or 15 scholarship offensive linemen. And I think they want to get to a requisite 16 to 18, somewhere in that range. Um, But the question really is like, how many available scholarships do we have? Now we know we just lost three scholarship players off of the roster with the, um, the exodus of uh, the three guys that we had. Uh, Gosh, why is my brain Dawson? We had Tisdall and somebody else, Emba, right? Those three guys left. So they're going to backfill them with offensive linemen, right? We're not going at, well, I, I heard some some rumors about some wide receivers that they may be interested in, even a quarterback. We know quarterback is going to be a big one, but it's definitely interesting that it is O-line that's getting the first looks. It's clear where the focus for this staff is as far as what they feel like they need to do to compete in the SEC, and that is they want to be physical up front on the offensive line. Well, Hugh Freeze is looking for six to seven wide receivers, right, that can play. Uh, he's also looking for 10 offensive linemen. 10. That's how many you need people in this in this league to be successful. One at each position and a backup for each position. Uh, so he's going to keep going with that, right? Like, I mean, listen, at times last year, the pass protection, Auburn could not block their ex with an iPhone. <laughs> like, <laughs> Auburn was awful at blocking. They could not block anything, dude. Uh, they couldn't block the sun with sunglasses. Right. They, they you gotta get better in this area. It's the yeah. most glaring area of need. And because there's gonna be so much focus on the quarterback quarterback position right. and where the, what they can do, protection for that person is going to be under the spotlight. Yeah. Yeah, it's That's absolutely it gonna be a highlighted thing. Like there's no way that you continue to coax quality quarterbacks to your roster without having. Listen, we, we've talked about this multiple times about why Russell Wilson made the decision to not come to Auburn, right? Mm-hmm. He knew the offensive line where it wasn't where it needed to be. He's like, hey, who's protecting me up there? Because, uh, right. Yeah. This guys look like they're going to get the job done. This ain't Cam's offensive line. Y'all yeah. just graduated all the dudes. Right. Right. So I'm going to Wisconsin. Great decision by Russell. Yeah. You know, a couple Super Bowl rings later. You can't argue with his decision. So Yeah, I'm not mad at what the trajectory of Russell Wilson's career in regard to that. But yeah, for sure. And I think specifically it's the it's the tackle position, right? Like we've mm-hmm. we have talked about this over and over again. It's just been an under-recruited position. True offensive tackles. We've got the interior O lineman, but the tackles. So like speaking specifically of a guy like Jaden Muskrat, which is interesting, right? Muskrat didn't immediately follow his coach like Dylan Wade did. Dylan Wade was like, oh, coach is out of here. I'm out of here too. Let me go see what he's got going on down here at Auburn. Um, But Muskrat is a guy that's at Tulsa right now or entered the transfer portal from Tulsa um, and is another tackle from that team. So I'm assuming, you know, uh, the coach knows exactly what he would be getting in that young man, even though he was a red shirt. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's going. And he had he had a couple of starts uh, due to injury. He was limited though, so I think it's right. um, you know to, to your point earlier about being behind the eight ball. He might be a little less behind the eight ball because you know according to Coach Hugh Freeze, it's the same stuff that he's been running, right? So right. it's not going to be some drastically different blocking scheme or system that Muskrat hasn't gone through an entire year of learning. Not sure what they run at Wyoming, which is where um, Emmanuel 
Pregnon is coming from. I could go look up some stuff, but interested to see whether or not, first of all, they even make the decision to come. But to your point, secondarily, how much of a difference is going to be for them to be able to pick this up quickly and be able to factor into the race as far as being able to play uh, soon? Yeah, listen, um, picking the system up, understanding your assignment you know, quickly is going to be the name of the game for almost everybody this year. For sure. So on the O-line, it's going to be super important. Um, It's no position where it's not super important, but um, they're going to be under the microscope more, I think, than any other position. Um, Having a good O-line allows you leverage, or not leverage, it allows you time for other people to figure it out. It's a luxury. Yeah, if you know that you can just go out there and mash people, it means that, you can, can run just, anything. Yeah, you can turn around and, and hand the ball off 50 times a game. We know we got a stable of running backs, right? Like, all right, mm-hmm. cool. We can't throw the ball particularly well. We'll just run it a bunch. We can go out there and we can mash people. We can scheme some guys open after we've run the ball down your throat, and then we're going to figure out how to get the rest of this stuff moving with the offense. But a good O-line is where it starts. And to your point that you're making, I can run my entire playbook if I can block it up. Yeah, yeah. And time I think, right? Like, people don't understand how hard wide receivers are to cover when they're given time. Yeah, for sure. When a play starts to break down, it is difficult for a DB to cover a receiver forever. So those extra plays where you can give the quarterback four to five seconds, which is a lifetime in SEC football. Uh, Average time to throw most years is around two and a half seconds. So you're not getting... You know, people were just like, oh, the, the O-line didn't hold up after they've been blocking for four straight seconds. It was a long time. That's a long time to hold off those big dudes who are bull rushing you. Yeah. You have to get you have to be precise in your routes, and you have, the quarterback has to get the ball out of his hands to help protect an O-line from looking terrible. The average fan overlooks that. Right? We've seen that at times over the last three or four years where they had it blocked up. But Either the quarterback held it too long or the receivers couldn't get open. Right. You know, and then they give up a sack eventually. And everyone's like, see, the line's terrible. Well, they got it. It's all got to work together, man. I and mean, what I'm hoping is, is that with these guys that they're bringing in, like, you've got the scheme has to cover them to some extent this year. Yeah. Right. Cole Kublik talked about this, man. You can scheme guys good. Or you can scheme them bad. Right? Scheme them good or scheme them bad. <laughs> right? But if you can't scheme them good, you're going to be real sad. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, unless you got guys who could just go up there, like you said, and mash. So hopefully these guys are guys that can mash that yeah. they're bringing in. I think one of the things, too, that is interesting about this offensive line thing is having a better O-line actually gets you to a place of being able to evaluate equally and and not have to have to rely on an athletic quarterback. You can go and say, all right, I don't need a guy as athletic if my offensive line can actually block for him. And now we can run, I can figure out whether or not we can actually have a pass offense out of this situation. So it does equalize your ability to evaluate your quarterback because you can't just say, all right, well, I got to, I, I literally have no choice but to play the athletic guy because these guys can't hold up and block. So now right. it's a little bit more of an equal playing field. Now, it doesn't mean that the athletic guy is not going to get his opportunity. It just mm-hmm. means that now his athleticism is even more of a bonus because right. it's like he's going to have time to throw as well. But if he does get in trouble, I know this guy can make plays with his legs too. Right. Facts. So, you know, again, if you can block in this league, 
you can run, you can open up your offense. Yeah. The playbook expands if these guys can come in and block at a high level and give Auburn something that they've been missing. Now, I'm not convinced that Auburn doesn't have the starting five already on campus. Yeah. I, be- I believe we have a solid five that exists in there. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, man, that D-line, they got they kind of got exposed a little bit by this O-line at A-Day. Yeah. Particularly in the run game. Yeah. But we saw them take strides last year right. in the run game. So they were never as bad as we thought. But they've got to show up. They shore up pass protection, and they pass block, uh, run block like they did over the last half of last season. Uh, Auburn has a chance to... Make a lot of people nervous. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I, and I, when I say that, I don't want everybody to say, "Oh, you know, Mike's G saying they can win the SEC." No, I mean every game they play, Auburn will be somebody who makes you nervous. Yeah, it's not going to be a situation where you're automatic make, W. Yeah, we're yeah. not making. We're not going to be an automatic dub on your schedule anymore. You're going to have to look at the game and be like, "I don't know, man. They're kind of scary." Oh you know? yeah, look so, what they did to Bama last year in the run game. Yeah, three hundred and three yards. Yeah, so nobody's done that. <laughs> War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from The War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Drop! Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. Drop! We're going to head over to the comment section, though, and we're going to see what you guys are thinking in regards to this offensive line situation. Is Auburn in need of more offensive linemen? We'll see what Mm. the chat has to say about it. We will get things kicked off with Dana Jones, who says, O-line has a tendency to get hurt. A lot due to the sheer size of players and violent contact at the line of scrimmage. Always good to have quality depth to plug in. Do not disagree there, Dana. No, no, no. Yeah, I just, in regards to this comment, depth is going to be a piece that Hugh Freeze concentrates on for the next few years. Now, you guys heard us talk about messaging and sending a message to the guys that you have that, hey, man, you're here. You're part of this, right? Uh, but balancing that with making sure you have other guys who can do the job without making the guys you fe- you have feel like they can't do the job. It's right. going to be important. So, like, you know, this is depth. You need depth. You got to have depth, all right? And you have to create healthy competition, and that, and you have to get the guys to buy into that. So this is what this is about. Yep, definitely agree with this. Depth is always going to be something that you need, and this is the time that you pick up good depth pieces in this portal period. Uh, James Sawyer jumps in, don't want to be at a place where we are on the third slash fourth string center again. Thoughts on this one? Oh, man. Listen, center is such a critical position. Yeah. When your center gets hurt, it's like half a quarterback getting hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Snap cadence, uh, 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 line calls, just so many things when you have to go to the backup center. Um, and... You know, how that person has chemistry and gels with the rest of that unit, right? The center is like another quarterback on the field. It's it's tough. So I agree with this one, man. <laughs> like I, you don't want to go to the second string center. <laughs> yeah, you really you really want to have like if if there is one 
offensive lineman that you want to have consistent throughout the entirety of your season, it's going to be your center, in my opinion, because to your point, they make all the calls. And it's something that we'll look at when we get into the watch the film um, talking about offensive line. The snap is just like that's I think that's just an underrated part of the job of the centers, particularly when you're going out of shotgun a lot, is having a snap that you don't have to worry about where it's coming from as the quarterback. Right. Is it going to be consistently within your frame? You don't have to reach up, reach down, all this kind of stuff. The one uh, screen pass that um, we had where it was Holden Gurner trying to throw a screen to uh, I think it was Brian Batie that had it. Um, there was a that he dropped the, the the exchange. Right. Like the snap. I don't think the snap was necessarily bad, but mm-hmm. just that snap being off even the slightest bit. Throws your quarterback off. It throws the timing off or something. So your center being consistent where you know this guy is going to get me the snap in the proper way. He's not going to get nervous because some D lineman is lining up over the nose and all this. It's it's, the center's important. And having to go to your third or fourth string guy definitely disrupts the ability of that offensive line to be um, performed well. That that bad snap can cost your quarterback that critical half second he needs to get the ball off. Yeah, because you got to take his eyes off the rush and all this kind of stuff. You want him to not be thinking about that. Right. 2.5 seconds is not a lot of time. You snap the ball here and I got to jump to get it, right? There goes .5. Now, I got to check down, right? Which, if the D-line linebackers are smart, they probably know that. Or, Hopefully, somebody's just open and I can find them quickly. Right. Either way, it cuts out options and, man, the center, but we need the center to be good, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and even, like, things like the long snapper, right? Yeah. Like, that dude in the middle h- hiking the ball back is super important. Yeah. Underrated parts of the game that people mm. don't think about, for sure. Lawrence Robinson says, do y'all think the coaches get the O-line rotation right early? It seems like we didn't really figure it out until, like, week seven last year. Different coaching staff. Yeah. They've got all summer to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And a fall camp. I'll be I, disappointed if they don't. I, I'm hoping we do, man, because to the point that Lawrence is making, man, I I I was confused after seeing Jeremiah Wright not on the field early and then seeing him subsequently on the field and how he performed, how he wasn't an obvious choice there. After um Nick Brahms went down during the preseason. Um, I think Tate Johnson's a good guy. I just don't think he's a great center. And then Brandon Council became the center. I was like, why wasn't Brandon Council the center the entire time? He's the most experienced offensive lineman. He is. He can play center, clearly. So why wouldn't you want your most experienced guy making the calls as opposed to Tate Johnson? Like, even if you're going with your best five and you're saying, well, I want Brandon Council to be out here, slide Tate Johnson over to guard. And let Brandon Council be the center. I just didn't. I didn't get it after seeing Brandon Council be a very good center and watching Tate Johnson struggle at center for the first couple of games. Yeah, didn't yeah. make a ton of sense to me. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, <laughs> this rotation just—you hope after a whole offseason they can get it right. That's all I can say. Yeah. Uh, Steve Valentine jumps in. We need more linemen and linebackers always. Yeah, I don't disagree on defense. Um, you're going to rotate a bunch of guys, right? The guys are going to get tired. They're going to have to come out for a play. You need guys who can come in and spell your starters, uh, provide them a series break even, right? Um, and play at a high level and not give up, you know, some big pass over the middle or some big run down the middle because, you know, you took out your starting linebacker. So, you know, it's one of those positions where stack the deck if you can. Right. Stack the deck if you can. I mean, guys want to play, right? 
And right now, Hugh Freeze is selling playing time. So I would imagine there are going to be guys who are going to sign up for that. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're, you know, and, and this is where you do get quality depth because if you're just on the two deep somewhere else and you have the opportunity to come in here and be a starter, that's an upgrade for you, specifically at offensive line, because it is one of those places where you're not going to be rotating guys, right? Like being on the two deep means you're an insurance policy. Being the starter, you're usually entrenched unless you're just playing poorly or get hurt. Right. So you can pick up some quality pieces in the offensive line during this period if that guy feels like he's the guy and he wants to start immediately. Mm. Uh, Jonathan Boyson comes in and says, O-line depth and D-line depth are the building blocks to a good team. See UGA the last five years in Bama 2008 to 2020. You can throw Clemson in that mix, Ohio State in that mix. All of the powerhouses in football the reason why Oregon was good the years that they've been good, they had good offensive line play. Yep. When Florida was good, they had good people in the trenches. Offensive line, defensive line. They were able to dominate the line of scrimmage. Dominance in the line of scrimmage allows you to be competitive in every single game because it just disrupts what the other team is going to do. Look at Missouri last year, right? Missouri had a good defensive line, and they were able to give teams hell. They didn't win a lot of games, but they kept themselves in game. Now, that because, because their offense was so crap, it was hard for them to win games. <laughs> but having a good defensive line puts you in com- competition in every single one of those contests. Yeah, look, this has been the narrative about the big difference between the SEC and other conferences for a long time. Yeah. In the trenches, the conference, top to bottom, is just better. Right. Right. And it consistently reared its head in national championship games. Right. During the BCS era, teams would go up against SEC teams, and those big uglies down there in the trenches were, were just different. <laughs> yeah, um, like, look, think about the all the hype that Notre Dame team came in when they uh, played Bama, and Bama just just boat raced them out the uh, gate. Last year, I mean, we don't have to go that far back. Last year, Georgia versus TCU it was just like it's uh-huh. it's not a competition uh, down here. Uh, I would argue to 2010 Oregon versus Auburn in that title game fairly stood out. Right, the D line dominated Oregon's O line. Lamichael James, the the, the 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 fellow Heisman candidate, yeah, he was he was neutralized. Yeah, if you don't have time to get him the ball, or if he's <laughs> yeah. going to be trying to dodge people in the backfield the minute he gets a handoff, it's difficult to it's difficult to get an offense going when your defensive line is playing two yards into the backfield. You you remember the red zone possession they had with the guy's name was Darren something, Darren. Oregon's quarterback. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Right, right. So he... Um, Somebody in the chat will definitely know. You know yeah, yeah. They were, it was a read option. Nick Fairley was back there so fast. Right? He probably should have given it, but he kept it. He got sacked. Yeah. And that has been the difference between championships and championship appearances. Yeah. Right? Is D line so Oregon had a championship appearance? Auburn has a championship. Offensive line, defensive line, absolutely needed to happen. Uh, Steve yep. Bradley, another Steve in the chat says, "Tackle that covers the QB's back is the next important O lineman." Factual. Left tackle, left tackle for a right-handed quarterback. The left tackle protects the QB's blind side. Right, that is the guy. Those guys should be best friends. They yeah. should be roommates. <laughs> Uh, you know, they should, you know, they should go get ice cream together on weekends. <laughs> they should be as close as two people can be. 
because one highly depends on the other, uh, to be able to stand in a pocket with confidence, waiting for something to get open. So left tackle, left tackle is super important in football. Uh, definitely, I would say, you know, uh, the center and then your tackle. And that, and and I think that's one of the things that's been so disappointing about the way that we've recruited is we just have ignored the fact that pass blocking is something that we need to be able to do and not having quality tackle talent. Uh, just it limits your ability to do things in the pass blocking game uh, for a long time. Steve Brantley jumps back in. He said, that's how we did in 19. We gave Mr. Burroughs all he could handle Non-called holding kept them undefeated. Coach O knew that as well. Yeah, listen, I, I don't want to bemoan what Auburn was able to do in that game, right? Yeah. <laughs> but that was the type of game Auburn could hang in because it was raining and sloppy, right? Uh, and I think that added to a lot to you know how they ran offense for that game. Um, now, listen, that defense was championship level. Auburn had a championship defense. Dana Jones, Darren Thomas was the quarterback. For Darren Oregon. Thomas. Yeah, Darren Thomas. Um, you know, that that defense was championship level. Uh, but that's my point in the SEC is that at any point you could run into that those that monster talent as good as they were, right? And that offense set records <laughs> that year for points scored and yards and everything. They were running people off the field. Every Almost every ga- other game they played was a blowout. Yeah. Right. Except for uh, ours and Bama. Right. Right. But they won every other game by two touchdowns. So, uh, yeah, I I don't know, man. 2019, I still like I'm a big Joey B fan. I'm a big Joey B fan. <laughs> yeah. But let, listen, man, I, I, I definitely sat there and watched um, our defensive linemen, specifically Derek Brown, pushing interior offensive linemen into the quarterback during that game. Like they were, they were wreaking havoc up front. Um, and so much so that Clemson thought that they were going to be able to reproduce the defensive strategy that we had. And it just wasn't the same in that national championship game. Mm. Um, you got you got to have the Derek Browns of the world up front. Not just and Clemson had a quality defensive line, but you Derek Brown right. is just different. And that's why I get I get so frustrated sometimes when I, I see comparisons to certain players and certain great players. And I'm not going to go into my whole nobody's ever going to be Cam Newton speech too hard right now. But it just frustrates me when people try to compare someone to someone who's who's physically just built differently than everybody else. And you're like, oh, but they're the same size. It does like it's not the same, though. Like you, you can be the same size as somebody else and not be the same type of player. Derek Brown's a different individual altogether. So, like Derek Brown comparisons aren't even fair for the next person who you're trying to compare him to. Um, so, mm-hmm. hopefully, we don't see a lot of people trying to do that. But anyway, that's it. You got any final thoughts before we get out of here, Mike? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, listen, line is going to be important. It's going to be important. It's going to be super important. And um, you know, fans should just look forward to what they're going to do. I, I think that they're going to go out and they're going to get talent and they're going to find guys who want to play in this system. But the system is what I'm most excited about in, in, in relation to the offensive line. Right. I think that the system that they're potentially bringing in should make everybody look better. And people are going to be like, whoa, where did these guys come from? And we're going to be like, well, they were never that bad. So, so we'll see. 
Yeah, we definitely will see what happens out here. Well, we are going to get out of here. We appreciate you guys dropping in with us. But hopefully we get some more movement in this direction, either in basketball or football in the transfer portal. At any rate, we are out of here. Until next time, as always, War Eagle. Peace. Drive.